Check out our friends at Linquistity Gifts. Linquistity Gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets, signature and zodiac, designed and made in the United States, as well as raw and polished stones, crystal balls, pendulums, tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. You can even get a tarot reading. Their beautiful signature design bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. They can even customize the bracelets for you. Just send them an email to find out pricing and availability. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit linguistitygifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. Linguistitygifts.com Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Tonight, my guest is Denny Hunt. Before I bring him on, I need to tell you about my Patriot Supply. They are the experts in emergency preparedness. Um, we are at a super critical time in our modern history, and our future is very unsure, especially when it comes to our food supply. Uh, it really couldn't hurt to have an emergency food supply right now. And you can get $70 off a two-week supply or $100 off a four-week supply of their awesome food. It stays good in storage for up to 25 years. Like I said, right now, really couldn't hurt to have an emergency food supply on hand. I have one. I feel much better. Just visit preparewithfkn.com or just click the link in the description to get your food supply today. Also, subscribe to Forbidden Knowledge News on lbry.tv. It's our official backup channel. We have a brand new show as well called Beyond Classified, which I talk about all the time. It's exclusively on Rockfin. It's an amazing new uncensored platform, free-thinking content creators, independent media. Uh, they got tons of amazing content creators there with us. Uh, also, all of our content is available there for free, all of our regular content. But you can sign up, get a premium membership, and get some amazing premium content from not only us, but all the other creators on Rockfin. Um, finally, you can get tickets to Forbidden Knowledge News Con 2021. It's going to be April 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. This year, they're going to have 12 extraordinary presenters. We're going to be talking a lot more about that in the upcoming days and weeks. Um, go to ForbiddenKnowledge.News, check out this year's lineup, the topics of what they're going to be talking about, and get your tickets right now. They're only $29.99 for a full three-day online conference with 12 awesome speakers. You can't beat that. All those links are in the description. Go ahead and check that out. Tonight, I want to welcome back to the show Denny Hunt. He was a chief engineer on an oceanographic research vessel and sales application engineer for an airflow measurement instrument manufacturer for about 30 years, as well as a fine art painter of seascapes and a potato former. He is one of three owners of the website GetWisdom.com. At the website, they share the work of Carl Molazon, who is a channeler and developed the healing modality called the Lightworker Healing Protocol. They have a database of answered questions, questions answered by God or source, creator. They have a radio show on Voice America and a series of webinars for the Lightworker Healing Protocol students and for supporter members at GetWisdom.com. Denny, welcome back. How are you doing tonight? Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. 
Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming back. Um, I enjoyed our conversation last time, and uh, last time you were on, we discussed the light worker protocols. We talked a little bit about Get Wisdom and some of the things that you offer. Tonight, I want to go um, a little bit deeper into some of those things. But you also sent me an email about deep subconscious channeling, holographic memory, and holographic memory resolution sessions, and I want to explore that as well. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the aspects of the ET agenda, both good and bad. Uh, first, let's start with what you emailed me about. Uh, you said you were working with a channeler in Australia doing yeah. something called deep subconscious channeling and holographic memory resolution sessions. Right. Tell us all about that. Okay. Um, so about three years ago, uh, I learned from Carl Mollison, my business partner, about a healing modality that he studied called the holographic memory resolution. It's developed by Brent Baum in Tucson, Arizona, and it's very successful. Um, so I went and I took the class from Brent in Tucson, and I think it was in fall of 2018. And I did uh, what we call a conventional uh, application of the holographic memory resolution, uh, the way Brent teaches it. But by that time, Carl had developed a way of using that modality where he used it in conjunction of channeling the client's deep subconscious. So the practitioner, the, the person doing the holographic memory resolution would work with the channeler who's channeling the client's deep subconscious. And they'd go through the process pretty much like you would in just a one-on-one -on -one session with your client. And um, when I was introduced to this, uh, I knew Carl was onto something pretty special because he bypassed a lot of the barriers that would uh, be encountered in just a conventional application of this healing modality. But essentially what it does, uh, excuse me, my alarm's going off for this show. Um, so, but essentially what the holographic memory resolution does is that it reframes trauma. It changes the energetic signature in the Akashic records of a person's trauma. So what we found out is that um, a lot of the intractable emotional and health problems that people have, 78% of those diseases, uh, phobias, uh, any variety of issues are actually attributable to trauma that occurred in their past lives. And a lot of times these are repeated. So this trauma would be repeated in various formulations, if you will, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. And so what we find is in a current incarnation, the person would be experiencing these reactions to things that they really wouldn't have a clear explanation for because they couldn't tie it to any experience they had in their current incarnation. So for instance, they could have a fear of water, but you know, when they were young, they learned how to swim in the kiddie pool or whatever, and they never had any uh, traumatic experiences with water, but they always, always have this fear of water. They don't want to go out on a boat. They don't want to go swimming in the deep end of the pool. They don't want to go to the lake. They don't want to go to the river. And there's no explanation for it in their, in their current life. Well, through this uh, holographic memory resolution, you can actually discover, especially with the deep, sub deep subconscious channeling, you could discover where that fear came from. And in, in uncovering that, you could also what we call reframe the trauma. So we change the energetic signature of the trauma. So it's not, no longer a trigger that's coming from the deep subconscious to the person's conscious awake, you know, present incarnation life. So, um, so Carl 
trained at Chandler in Australia. Her name is Helen Trichard. She lives in uh, um, Melbourne, Australia. And she and I get together uh, several times a week and we do these sessions for our clients. And some of the people who follow uh, Get Wisdom have known about this healing modality. Carl himself does uh, sessions with a HMR practitioner. He's been doing that um, for some time, for about probably over three years. But he, uh, with his research schedule and all the other things that he does for Get Wisdom, he has limited time to take on new clients. So there was always a uh, surplus of clients and a, and a lack of, of his time to actually take on new clients. So uh, once I got up and running with uh, Helen uh, about a month ago, about four weeks ago, we immediately had a, a clientele. And since then it's been just spreading by word of mouth. We don't advertise, uh, you know, we don't, we don't have a website up. Her website's not up yet to advertise this. But it's just all word of mouth, people talking to each other, and we're having great success with it. And so we're we're backlogged about a week right now. And uh, once once uh, we work out some technical uh, issues, like I have a computer that's down right now. Once I get that computer back up, you know, we're gonna invite more clients to come, and we'll probably be, um, you know, filled with client requests. You know, for this, it's pretty economical. Um, the sessions are typically about an hour long, up to an hour long. They're usually a little shorter than that. And essentially, it's just a matter of Helen channeling the client's deep subconscious. And we go through uh, the HMR uh, protocol. It's just a talk therapy, if you will, but it's client, it's led by the client. So the client is only invited to contribute as we go. So the client selects the, the client's deep subconscious selects the trauma that gets reframed. And we go through this process. And we also do a portion of this um, session is also devoted to what we call um, belief work. So for instance, if your deep subconscious has a belief that, oh, I'm not worthy of God's love, we can actually work on that and change that belief. And the, the key thing with this is that the client is making the decisions about what happens and what doesn't happen. And it's all being conducted through the path, through the divine realm, through creator to contact the person's deep subconscious. So you're not running into a situation where um, uh, you have conflicts of interest, so to speak, so that um, if, if a person's higher self says, no, we have to keep this, this, the situation intact because there's a life lesson to be learned. This, this healing modality doesn't abrogate that. It doesn't overstep that. So if some, some type of healing is, is not to be done for the client's um, benefit, then it's not done. It's very similar to the light work healing protocol in that respect. So uh, I, hope, I hope that's a, a good explanation no, that, of what we're doing. That's it's very pretty, good. Okay, yeah. good, I'm glad. Sometimes it's a little hard to explain. Oh no, yeah, I, that that's very understandable. Um, now you you were talking about phobias being linked to past lives. Do you think that most, or even all phobias, are linked to someone's past life? Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say all, but I think in in uh, in many cases we'll find out that's what it is. Like for instance, through the research that Carl's done, we found out that. 78% of all chronic illnesses are really serious intractable problems that people have 
are traceable to previous lives, to previous incarnations, where there was some trauma involved that has not been healed. And Could you so give us some examples of, of like what kind of ailments you, you'd be talking about? You're talking about cancer or, or things like that nature? Yeah, I think I think I don't think I would take anything off the list necessarily. Um, you know, this this obviously needs a lot more study. I think, um, you know, in the mainstream uh, medical fields and in psych, uh, you know, psychiatry, a lot of this would just be dismissed as as would be the idea of entity attachments, what we talked about in the last show, you know, if someone starts talking about hearing voices or feeling that they have an entity attached to them, they're immediately uh, categorized as delusional and they'll be put on medication or something like that. So we're kind of in that same arena where we're talking about things that's not as a causal factors, things that aren't generally accepted in mainstream medicine or mainstream uh, psychology or psychiatry. So that creates a difficulty right there. Um, you know, obviously we're legally uh, uh, required not to, you know, overstep those bounds, go into the fields of medicine, go into the fields of psychiatry and diagnose or prescribe anything because then we would be practicing medicine without a license. So we have to be kind of careful about the way we approach these healing modalities. Um, so for instance, a way of dealing with that with the light work and the healing protocol is that to accurately describe it, we can say that it's a high level prayer request. But as far as diseases and things that happen to, to people, a lot of times um, you know, medicine can explain why somebody could smoke two packs of cigarettes for 60 years and li live a long, happy, healthy life. While someone else who does something like that has got chronic emphysema by the time they're 40, and are dead from lung cancer by the time they're 50. So, you know, there's something else going on here that we have to look at in terms of causal factors. And right. previous incarnations is one of the culprits. Trauma is the main one. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, now, when it comes to the methods for HMR, our holographic memory resolution, you mentioned that it's it's kind of like um, channeling someone's subconscious. Could you kind of go into a little bit more details about the methods that you're using? Yeah. So what we'll do is like when you, when when you're a baby, when you're first born, you don't have a language, but but you're trying to interact with your environment, and it turns out that one of the first languages that babies use. Um, or newly incarnated spirits use is color. That's their methodology for understanding, for conveying emotion and seeing things is through color. And so we use color in the, on the holographic memory resolution to, to reframe these traumas. So one of the first things we do in the holographic memory resolution is we ask the, we ask the client's deep subconscious. And I, and, I need, and I need to back up a little bit and explain that what we found out through Carl's work is that there's the, a, a person's subconscious and there's a person's deep subconscious. The person's deep subconscious is the part of the mind, which is the largest part of our mind, which has access to the Akashic records. So that part of your mind can see all of your past lives, everything that good happened to you, everything that's bad happened to you. And it acts like it acts like a watchdog. So it's, it's looking at all these past experiences and relating it to what you're going through in life. So a lot of times, the only way that the deep subconscious has a way to communicate with you in your conscious presence is through your emotions or through your body. So you could, you could go into a situation and you could have a physical reaction, like you have a really strange feeling in your gut, 
or all of a sudden you feel sick and you feel fluttery or you feel flush or you start sweating or you feel dizzy or faint. And that's sometimes your deep subconscious trying to signal you to pay attention. Something's going on here. You need to pay attention to this. And they're working off your their ability to see the Akashic records and things that have harmed you in the past or got you in trouble in the past. So when humans, when the Anunnaki, uh, the, the ETs that allegedly run the world, I mean, that's what we found out. They, If you talk to the Anunnaki, they say, yeah, we own Earth and we own the humans on Earth. When they found humans on Earth again, the second time, they did genetic manipulations to humans so that they disconnected us from our deep subconscious. We have no way of effectively uh, contacting our deep subconscious in our presence here as humans. And, and likewise, we don't have an ability to contact our higher selves. And they did this as a genetic manipulation because they knew it'd be easier to control us. So in order for us to contact our, our, our deep subconscious unhindered, we use the divine realm and the channeling process that Carl Mollison teaches so we can access the deep subconscious. So one of the things that we'll do with the deep subconscious, once the channeler makes the connection, is we'll ask the deep subconscious to imagine a safe place and put themselves in that safe place. It could be at the beach, at the forest, on a mountainside, um, in, a, in a pleasant room with nice furnishings. It could be any 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 anything that the deep subconscious can imagine as a safe place for them to be. And then we ask them to associate a color with that safe place. And then we'll ask them to run that color through their body. And what happens with trauma is that color is not gonna go through. It's gonna, that trauma registered somewhere in the, in the physical body and, that, and the color is not gonna be able to go through. So then we, then we start to investigate, well, what is this feeling in this part of the body where the color can't go through. And we'll get a complete description of this feeling, size, shape, color, texture, temperature, uh, its texture, everything. And once it's defined, then we'll, then we'll associate that event with an age. It doesn't matter what lifetime. It could be from a thousand years ago, 4,000 years ago, or the previous incarnation. And there'll be an age associated with this feeling. And then there'll be a scene associated with the age and the feeling. And that's the trauma, traumatic event. And then we, we guide the deep subconscious into a process where they can reimagine that event and reframe it with a new color and a new energetic signature. And that's how we deal with the trauma and heal the trauma so that no one no longer acts like a trigger. Now, this... in some case, in some cases, the, the effects are immediate. And in some cases, the effects are retrocausal, meaning that we've had people react to this um, healing modality before we even did the session. That's interesting. It's not, it's not time bound. And this isn't considered like any form of hypnotherapy, right? No. Yeah, that's that's um, that's very interesting. Because because hypnosis really, really doesn't, I mean, there's, a, there's a, a big mistake out there in the world of regression and everything. And that is that, you, that your, your, your subconscious is your, is your subconscious. And there's no distinctions within the subconscious mind. It's just the subconscious mind. Well, we found out that's not true. There's actually two levels of the subconscious mind. 
there's the subconscious, which is accessible through hypnotherapy. And it's also susceptible to being hijacked by disincarnate spirits, namely Anunnaki psychics. So when you see a lot of these regression therapists and these people coming through with descriptions of things that happened to them off world in another life or some out of body experience, a lot of times those sessions are being hijacked by a psychic. And the person will think that they're communicating with the higher self when, when no such thing has happened. It's, it's another entity stepped in and identified themselves as, oh, I'm your higher self, or, oh, I'm your, I'm your subconscious. And they'll go into these outlandish stories, uh, typically involving benevolent ETs, this kind of thing. It's a very common scenario, unfortunately, in that arena. And so what Carl found out through the channeling work he was doing is that there is such a thing as a deep subconscious and the most effective and efficient and safe way of contacting it is using the divine realm to make that connection for the channeler and to protect that, that connection from being hijacked by uh, ET psychic or a dark spirit. Now, would you say that one of the first keys before you even start working with these protocols or, or any of this stuff is to try and make yourself physically healthier? Would you say that's something like an important factor? Well, that always helps, but that's a very hard thing to do in this day and age because right. we've, been, we've, we've been subjected to so many toxins, uh, so much disinformation, and just the karmic baggage that all of us have. I mean, the average person on earth has had over 400 lives, incarnations, with most of those incarnations having some kind of trauma that's never been healed. So we come into the world with a lot of baggage. We don't come into the world with a clean set slate. So uh, it's always good to be healthy if you can be healthy, but I, I think um, it could be a little overrated and it should never be used as an impediment for, for either receiving healing or giving healing. That's always something that could be done, even, even for someone who's not in good health. Now, whenever you're communicating with source, how do you know, like you said, um, you know, the certain channeling can be hijacked or, um, you know, you could be communicating with another entity that's not your higher self or, or yeah. source. How can you tell for sure that you're communicating with source or a benevolent uh, entity? Well, there's a couple techniques. Um, one, one of them um, that I've, I haven't really worked with this too much because I'm not much of a feedback kind of person. I'm not psychic. I'm not, I'm intuitive in a sense, but it's more uh, clairsentient rather than clairvoyant or clairaudient. Uh, but, but let me grab something. I'm going to read it. And this is what we, this is what we share on our website called the protection prayer. And before you undertake any kind of psychic endeavor, whether even if you're just meditating or if you're praying or you're trying to reach out to the fourth dimension or do astral travel or make contact with creator, this is what we recommend. Yeah, sure. I'm going to grab it. And it's, it's called the protection prayer. It's a really short prayer. Um, I memorized the shorter version of this, but I'm going to read the one that we have in the back of our free ebook called Creator teaches how to empower prayer. And this is what we call the protection prayer. Source creator, partner with me in my life each and every day to keep me safe. Protect all in harm's way by reducing or eliminating all dangerous weather and all natural and unnatural disasters. Guide, heal, support, 
and protect against all who oppose bringing forward the truth of the divine. Accept my gifting of these intentions to serve all beings everywhere in the way highest and best to save and heal them through the divine realm. So that, this is a, a direct appeal to God. We call it source creator, but you could say Allah, God, um, whatever name you use for the being that created you. And even, even, if, you're, uh, even if you're agnostic, you know, you're kind of like on the fence. You don't like, I really don't even know if there's a God or not. Well, that, that, little, that little iota of belief that you do have can be made to grow. And in any case, you're a human. You're part of God. If you ask for God's protection, God will protect you. And that's, and that's always going to be predicated on your belief quotient and your belief of your own worthiness to be a partner with the divine. And one of the things that, unfortunately, we've learned through religion is to think of ourselves as less than, a supplicant, somebody who needs to get down on their knees to commune with God, or someone who, who if you were in the presence of God, you would be destroyed. That's all disinformation. That's nonsense. You know, you're, you, you are a spark of God yourself. You are part of God, and God is always asking us to be in partnership. And so there's a they are there, they are there, willing and able to help us, but they don't do it unless we ask because they respect our free will. So if we want to live our lives acting like there's no God, that's up to us. We can do that. But unfortunately, the problem that humans are in right now is, is that we are being subjugated by a bunch of people who and beings. Who do, who do not believe that there is such a thing as God. So they've walked away. So the fallen angel story from the Bible is actually very accurate in that regard. Now, what, what type of other um, beings would you say that it is safe or are good to communicate with or be in contact with besides source or creator? Well, there's the archangels, and there's a, we, we all have guardian angels ourselves and spirit guides. And um, those, those you could contact um, by invoking the same protection. Because if you say, oh, you know, I, I want to contact Archangel Michael, and you don't ask for protection, and you don't ask for any assurances from God that that's who you'll be contacting with, any, any psychic who sees you sticking up into that, that ethereal world, if they notice you, they're going to step in and they're going to say, oh, that's me. I'm Archangel Michael. Nice to meet you. Now, the, they're, they're, they're clever enough to do it in such a way that most humans will never know that they're being fooled. And that's the problem we're in right now, because the, the, the beings that are running the earth right now, they know that their biggest liability is people with psychic abilities. So, so people with psychic abilities are monitored very closely because that's their Achilles heel. Now, um, you said that you can be um, psychically attacked. Now, it's, is it not only extraterrestrials that are doing this? It, you think that there could be humans out there that with psychic abilities that could be hijacking oh, people's? Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's a, you know, um, the dark arts, you know, satanic ritual abuse. There's, I mean, most of the, there, there's a, there's a, uh, I guess a category, if you will, of humans that have learned a lot of this from dark spirits and, and malevolent, you know, malevolent ETs who teach humans how to do the dark arts, if you will. But um, human efforts along those lines are 
rather weak when compared to those who taught them how to do it, <laughs> you know. What can we do to fight back against big pharma and the compromised medical industry? We can become healthy and break free from the perpetual cycle of being poisoned by criminal organizations like most pharmaceutical companies. Come check out what may be the most powerful antioxidant known to man, C60 Purple Power. The benefits of C60 have been personally outstanding. I use it every day and I feel incredible. I have tons of energy, I sleep great, and I haven't even come down with a cold since I started using C60 over two years ago. You can even get C60 for your pets. Do your own research, click the link in the description, and check out their website. If you order from that link or use coupon code KNOWLEDGE10, you get 10% off your order plus free shipping. What is your health worth to you? Now, lately, we've been hearing this kind of rash of celebrity extraterrestrial channeling. I don't know if you've heard anything about this, but have you heard snippets on the mainstream news and, you know, pop culture media, whatever, that uh, certain celebrities are now talking to aliens and channeling aliens and, uh, you know, bringing messages forth. And I couldn't imagine that that could be anything good. (laughs) What are your thoughts (laughs) on that? (laughs) Well, yeah, the the entertainment um, industry hasn't been very good at like um, covering up their motivations. Um, yeah, right. You know, so you kind of have to judge them by their fruits. So just based on that alone, I would agree with you. And also, you know, from another perspective, you could look at it like there's things happening in the world now where people's uh programming around the soul savior mentality is coming to the fore. Uh, the human situation is becoming so dire that a lot of people are convinced that the only way that we're going to be um, helped is if some ET race comes in and takes over and, you know, heals the environment, heals politics, heals the monetary system, heals the education system, takes care of the pharmaceutical, you know, corrects all these ills that are everywhere. And that's part of disclosure. And disclosure, unfortunately, is a PSYOP. And so I would characterize what you just described as part of that PSYOP. And it's the same thing with mainstream media talking about, you know, the Navy seeing, uh, you know, ETs and, you know, they show that image of the, you know, the, the craft flying and, you know, this fuzzy little image yeah, yeah, right, darting right. around and, and all the UFO sightings and all the channelers and the, the people talking about ascension and all of these things are kind of feeding into this, what we call disclosure psyop. And there is, you know, we've been told that there is going to be a disclosure, but it's not good. Uh, and they're going to, they're going to portray themselves probably as a good guy, bad guy scenario. So you'll have the evil reptilians and the beautiful blonde-haired Nordics, and they're going to be fighting each other for control over the earth. And if we just side with the beautiful Nordics to fight the, the evil reptilians, everything will be fine. And, but it's going to be characterized as a fight, you know, that there's something, there's some extraterrestrial war going on and that the planet earth is going to be the prize and humans are going to ascend once they can 
you know, join up with their star brothers. Well, and, they're already planting the Galactic Federation seeds with the uh, former Israeli uh, uh, space chief guy. Exactly. You know, that's exactly. Yeah, it seems exactly. like they're setting up for that. Yeah. And so, you know, what we've learned is that that's a psyop and it's 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 essentially going to appeal to the same kind of thing like the second coming of Jesus. You know, someone's going to save us. You know, we're, we're the spectators. We're the recipients of, of largesse and benevolent ETs and God coming back to save his, you know, his fallen race or whatever, however you want to characterize it. But that's um, we, we see that as a ruse. It's a it's a it's a fake scenario and it's a it's a ploy to get it's a Trojan horse. You know, they're going to show up and they're going to say, let us help you. And as soon as we say yes, game over. We're not supplicants. We're we're in the game to solve the problem of evil in this galaxy. It's a free will galaxy, but we can't do it without creator's help. And creator's not going to help us unless we ask for it. That's the conundrum. And it, and at once it seems very implausible, and un, and in some ways it seems almost too simple to be true. And some people would claim, well, that's just another variation of the savior mentality except for we have a part to play in it, and that is the healing. And so that's what brings us back to what we were talking about the last time I was on your show, the Lightworker Healing Protocol. That's the methodology that we've been taught for healing not only ourselves, but our perpetrators. Raise all of even those atheistic ETs who want to subjugate us. Now, they can be raised up too. Now, those ETs... Um... You know, we you mentioned reptilians. You mentioned the the Anunnaki. Um, what are the primary threats that we're looking at when when you're talking about these negative ETs? Um, okay, and are, are any of the are, are any of the grays good? <laughs> that's 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 no. the first thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. What we what we learned is no. And the grays, um, even though you'll hear testimony that they come in many forms, there's tall grays and the this. At the small ones and the ones that are robotic and the ones that are actually organic and then da, 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 da. the grays basically are biological um, robots. They're DNA based robots that were built by the Anunnaki, uh, not, excuse me, the Arcturians, which is an old ET race. And there's a there's a cohort of four, the Anunnaki, the reptilians, the, the Nordics, which, which are also known as Arcturians, or the Arcturians, which are also known as Nordics, is a better way to put it, and the Arcturian creation, the robotic grades. So they have all, they've been very good at confusing this situation. I mean, you can look at documents where, where it's claimed there's 80 different or 50 different ET races out there. And there may be. There's probably millions of ET races out there. But insofar as Earth is concerned, there's only four races that are running the show on planet earth and they've run the show on planet earth since before recorded history. So humans don't really have any kind of uh, frame of reference for not being under the thumb of the Anunnaki. And then since the uh, Atlantean times, the reptilians and the Arcturians showed up with the greys and the greys are robotic beings that are very interested in the human mojo of reincarnation and spiritual things that we think of as spiritual and they think of as very desirable artifacts as a result of our dna so they know that we reincarnate 
but they don't know how it's done. They think it's somehow related to the DNA. So they're constantly doing research on humans trying to figure out this DNA puzzle and reincarnation. They can't figure out how it's done. So the grays, since they're biological, they can, they can live, I don't know, four or 500 years, and then they have to be recycled. They can be rebuilt, but they're not, they're not a soul-based being. But they're very interested in, in humans and these peculiar um, uh, abilities that humans have that they haven't quite figured out. Um, the reptilians are, um, they, they are as they are portrayed. They're very warlike. They use humans as food. They use humans as slaves. Uh, most of the human trafficking and uh, the child sacrifice and pedophilia, a lot of this stuff are learned, were, uh, were taught to humans, the human ruling class, especially from the ETs about how to treat each other in this way. A, a human, given uh, their own proclivities and resources, would never think of eating a baby. It's just not, you know, or torturing their fellow man or having wars or torturing each other or killing each other or uh, subjecting someone to mental abuse or physical abuse or anything like that. This is all stuff that's been um, applied to humans in their effort to subjugate humans. And so. Now, would you it, say there's a, a like a metaphysical aspect of um, or demonic uh, aspect to this to where there's entities that are kind of more metaphysical? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because they, you have the fallen angels themselves, which are the dark spirits that attach to humans energy field because they're a parasitic being. They've lost their connection with source creator. They don't have any energetic connection to God anymore. So the only way they can live is by attaching to living things that still have that connection. Humans are very good for that. So the, these dark spirits infected the ETs first. And then when humans came along, both the dark spirits and the ETs went after the humans. And so this is their playground. This is their outpost. This is their feeding station. This is their entertainment arena. And basically all the bad things that are happening on earth right now is an orchestration of ETs. And I know that sounds very far-fetched, but you have to understand the, uh, the Anunnaki themselves is a race of beings that's 5 billion years old. Their lifespan is around a million years old. They've perfected all the technologies for, pro for prolonging their own lives and replacing organs and living these immensely long lives. And they're, they're, they're basically disconnected sociopaths. Um, the, you know, one of the rites of passages for these races, including the reptilians, is killing your own parents. Now, these Anunnaki, um, are, are they, you know, just humanoids that most likely walk among us? Do you think that they are... You Not know, the Anunnaki, because the, no. the Anunnaki is a giant race of beings. They're like 12 to 15 feet tall. They have two rows of teeth, six fingers. Um, I don't know about the elongated skulls. My business partner, Brian um, Kelly, who also is one of the owners of Get Wisdom, is a lot more versed with the Anunnaki's than I am. I think he's going to be a guest on your show. Yes, yeah, I need to get, so, I need to get back with him... Um, he was supposed yeah, to be on, but we fell off and we're going to get back together. But I'm yeah, going to have him he, on soon. He actually knows quite a bit more about the Anunnaki than I do. That's been an area of study for him. And he's, he's studied this stuff for like 35 years. Um, and 
Yeah, but the yeah the Anunnaki are you know the the apex ETs involved with Earth. I mean, they're in an alliance, a kind of a tenuous, antagonistic alliance with these other ETs. But they've worked out an alliance where they can each serve each other's needs, getting the humans to serve all their all their needs as far insofar as humans can can supply them. The problem that we're in right now is that they're the 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 rulership is changing from um, to an and and Leal, if I'm not mistaken, and you can you can uh, you can verify this with Brian when you talk to him. But there's a there, Anu, the fa the father, the one that uh, is talked about in the Sumerian um, uh, tablets. Right. He had children, Enlil, Enki, and there was a daughter, Anana. So the, the, Anana, and she and her her ownership is being transferred to Enlil's right now. And they're they're at the place now where they're they have decided to close up shop on Earth, and they've already done this once. They, they there was a human contingent on Earth in ancient times that they eliminated. No more humans. They came back uh, 150 some odd thousand years ago, and in that time in the interim, God had reinstituted the divine human free will experiment once again and there was humans on earth again so they came back they found humans and they did the same thing to the humans that they did the last time and the first order of business was to disconnect them from their deep subconscious and disconnect them from the higher selves because they knew with that genetic manipulation the humans would be easier to control and then the anunnaki interbred with some of the humans and that's the ruling elite families on earth right now that people call the illuminati the cabal the um, Kazarian Mafia, whatever. There's a whole bunch of different names for the ruling elite on Earth. So they have they have a genetic connection to the Anunnaki. They have a reward system for subjugating their fellow humans by virtue of their association with the Anunnaki, who would claim to be owners of Earth and humans. So that's probably the best way I can explain that right now. And the, the job for us is to get back into partnership with the, the divine realm, and we can actually heal them to the point where they say, you know what, it's not in our best interest to kill all these humans and destroy Earth. We'll just leave. And then right. we can get on back. Then we can get back to the business of healing humans. And if you would have told me this three and a half years ago, I would not have believed it. So when I say all this, I understand that most people are going to take this and just go, you know, this is nuts. You know, I they, they can maybe see some of what I'm saying as being maybe plausible or true, but the whole package, most people will reject. Right. Yeah, um, uh, it, it is. You know, it, it sounds crazy, but I've I've had enough researchers on. I've you know, I've heard this enough and all the um, you know, everything points to that there is something of this nature happening, you know, be beyond the spectrum of our vision, something that we don't understand them, something that we can't understand. And definitely it appears that human empathy, love, compassion, and a connection to source is trying to be extinguished on this planet. I mean, it's yeah. quite obvious that that's been an agenda for quite a long time. And yeah. uh, it seems like, just like you said, the only answer to turn this around is get that connection back and start getting back to source and back to what we're, originally created for you know right yeah and and, and, it, and the other claim that we make is that 
the reason humans were created in the first place was to solve the problem of evil in the galaxy, in the Milky Way galaxy. That we've been told that the that the Milky Way galaxy is like what they call the free will zone. It's the most extreme example of free will, and free will has a a, a positive side and it has a negative side. And right now on Earth, what we're seeing is a negative side in extreme portions. I mean, it's it's over the top. Um, you know, when people finally learn this whole, uh, you know, pedophilia, uh, satanic ritual abuse, uh, this whole culture of eating babies, when people realize how widespread that is and how institutionally endemic it is all over the world, irrespective of culture, it's everywhere. And it's been going on for thousands of years. When people finally get a handle on how the extent of this then maybe some of the other things that we're talking about as in terms of free will, the purpose of humans, uh, what's the importance of partnership with creator, all that stuff maybe would become more plausible. But the, the depth and the depravity and the extent of evil is much further than most of us know. And I would say that's even true for myself. I think like if you were, if we were to, if, if a reptilian, was to step in into the flesh, into the room with you, you'd probably pass out. I think I would too. It would be such a shock to our system to see that being in the flesh that it would just, you know, we just check out. And it's probably the same with the Anunnaki and maybe the, the Arcturians too. I don't know. The Arcturians, they say, if you see them in the flesh, they look quite beautiful. But they're also sociopaths. And we've also been told that the, the, the robotic greys, they're so technologically advanced, they're the ones, have you ever, have you ever uh, seen Eve Lorgan? She wrote, uh, no. uh, Eve Lorgan wrote the book called uh, Love Bite. And she was a contemporary of uh, Barbara Bertolic and Jacques Vallée when they were doing a lot of the research in uh, cattle mutilations and ET abductions in the Southeast. And um, so Barbara, I mean, uh, Eve Lorgan wrote a book called Alien Love Bite. And we're, we, we're pretty sure, I haven't, we haven't investigated this thoroughly, but we're pretty sure that the, the grays, the biological robotic grays, have the ability to make humans feel love. They could just turn it off and turn it on. And they could even direct your consciousness so that you think you're in love with somebody or something. So you can imagine the power that they have when it comes to mind control, when it comes to humans. They've had thousands of years of practice on mind controlling humans. Wow. So, and one of the, one of the biggest uh, goals of mind control on planet earth for the average person is apathy, is to make them apathetic. So that all the strange things going on in the world doesn't spark any interest. You just think, ah, oh, it's another day in hell. You know, I got to get yeah. to work. Got to take the kids to school. Got to make sure I pay the mortgage this month. You know, and you just go through this humdrum thing and something flies by overhead at night and you and you go, oh, wow, must be a UFO. Oh, I got to take out the garbage, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's this it's this it's this something in your face never really registers as, oh, this is something I need to look into. Humans are naturally curious. But by the time most of us are seven or eight years old, it's been beaten out of us. 
We're no longer curious about the world we live in. Very few of us are. We just go into this humdrum kind of workaday mentality where all of the fascinating things that happens on earth never creates a sense of fascination in most people. That's what mind control, that's the main goal of mind control is to keep people in this apathetic state so that nothing ever really interests them anymore. Now you mentioned uh, you know a UFO flying over and you're just just saying oh look at that. What when it comes to the the UFO phenomenon, do you think that most of the craft that's actually genuine off planet craft are belong to the negative ETs? Yeah, yeah. The the the, the benevolent ET examples are the best benevolent ET examples are crop circles, and there's a, and then sometimes orbs. If you've seen you know orbs floating right. around like yeah. in digital photography you see orbs and stuff sometimes those are benevolent ets or spirits but they have a hands-off policy with respect to humans because this is a free will experiment it literally is a free will experiment so if it's not your idea if you're not taking the lead no one's going to come up and say hey chris you know uh i got this idea you know do this this and this from their from their side of the aisle they're prevented from doing that because they're honoring your free will. If you want to be a skeptic, you have a right to be a skeptic. And they will take that to uh, what I what I think is a ridiculous extremes. I'll give you an example. Um, Carl and I were doing a channeling and uh, Carl was channeling and I was I was involved. And there was a, a person that was kind of uh, kind of doing a an harassment thing on on Carl and me through the website, contacting us, emailing us and whatnot. And this person had a uh, a name that wasn't gender specific. So it was a, it, the person's name could have been a, a female person's name or a male person's name. Well, I knew that the person that was, that was uh, stalking us was a male and Carl didn't. Carl assumed it was a female. So when he did the channeling, it all came out with she, her, was a female, right? Well, the divine realm wasn't going to change his mind about what he thought who this person was. All the other information about the, the what was going on was accurate, but the divine realm wasn't going to step in and say, oh, wait, Carl, time out. You made a mistake. This person's not a she, it's a he. So that's the extent to which they will honor our free will. If we make a decision about something, that's why channeling is kind of a... You have to be very careful. You have to phrase your questions correctly, accurately, because you don't want your a priori assumptions to be interjected into something so that you're just assuming something's the way it is. They're not going to go in there and tell you that you're wrong. And uh, so in order to learn things, it's kind of slowed things down because we're always we're always learning something that we didn't know we didn't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I saw a couple of other services on your website that you offer that I want to talk about for the last few minutes. Um, okay. You actually offer clearings from hauntings um, and attachments yeah. and animal clearing. Uh, could yeah, you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, the location clearings are, are – uh, I, I used to have my real estate agent's license, and, I, and so I come at this from that perspective because um, I've seen some examples of where it actually worked. Uh, so you so the agent goes out and gets a listing and it's dead. No one wants to look at it. You know, you got it priced right, you did your market analysis correctly, 
no one wants to go to the damn house. If the people go in there and they get they get a strange feeling and they leave, and you know you stage the house nice and everything, and it's just like it's like a dead fish. You can't get any interest in the house. A lot of times there's spirits there, or something bad happened, and there's like a signature, an energetic signature on on the location. Well, you we can do that light worker healing protocol just like you do in a person. It's the same thing, you know. Everything everything in the universe has. Has, is, is alive. You could look at, there's an accurate way of looking at the whole world, the whole uh, universe as everything being alive. And you could do a healing on that location. And then next thing you know, you got an offer. So we can do that for uh, homes is, tip, is a typical scenario, but you could do it for a city block. You could do it for a hill. You could do it for a street corner where there was an accident that happened. And then um, same thing, animals. Uh, we found out that companion animals, cats, dogs, horses, are actually repurposed by creator to be healers for us. Um, you know, like the old story, like if you want to pick up a girl, take a puppy to the beach. You know, it works every single time. It works. You're going to meet you're going to meet somebody if you bring a puppy to the beach and they're just they're irresistible. And God imbued them with love and a non-judgmental nature, and they're wonderful to be around. And they're actually, animals perform as healers to humans. They're in service to humans, cats and dogs especially. But there's a downside. They, lot, they will pick up our bad energy and they'll try to heal us by using their own energy fields to, to help correct us. And cats in particular can be quite stubborn about that. And they'll get sick and it's because they're with humans. So we do healings on on animals too. Um, and another interesting thing about animals is that animals will often pick up dis disincarnate humans, especially young children who died in a fire or a drowning accident or some kind of untimely death where they don't successfully transition back to the divine realm. They're lost souls, they're incarnate, they're disincarnate spirits, earthbound, wandering around. Dogs and cats will pick them up and let them attach to their energy field. But a lot of times it'll, it'll bog the animal down and they'll have health problems from it. But they're doing it as an outreach to help the human. So we do those kind of clearings. Oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. And then the other thing, uh, let's see, locations. Oh, then spirit rescues. That's the other one. Yes, that that's what I was going to ask you a third, about. A third of us, when we die, we don't make it back to the light. We, you know, we're in pain. We're, we're in some kind of mental anguish or we have a, a sudden accident where we don't even know that we're dead. You know, we're driving along the car and next thing you know, we're dead. You know, we're standing out in the road and everybody, no one can see us. And we're just standing there going, what the hell happened? And you don't even know you're dead. So about a third of the people who die end up being uh, in limbo or what we used to call earthbound spirits. So that's the other thing we do is like, so if you, if your mom dies, and you're like, oh, gosh, I, you know, I know she was in a lot of pain. You know, she had cancer. She wasn't in good uh, mental state. I wonder if she's earthbound or not. Well, LHP practitioner can do a spirit rescue for them. And it works every time. And uh, when we when we first when we first did the LHP, we found out that 95 percent of the time, the first LHP helped them successfully transition to the light. And there was five percent that didn't that didn't make it. And then so. Since that time, this is like over two years ago, we we create we recreated the LHP to do to create a repeating process so that when we do the LHP for somebody, it repeats. 
and it repeats as fast as the divine realm can apply it given the situation. So some people, if you heal them, they need time to, to adjust to the healing, if you will. So you're not going to just run in and do another healing. You know, you're going to wait till they adjust and then you'll come back and you'll do another healing. Well, we do the same thing with the disincarnate spirits so that eventually in all cases, when somebody gets a LHP done for them as a disincarnate spirit, they will be returned to the light. But a lot of people, um, they're stuck. They're earthbound for years, years and years. A good example is Marilyn Monroe. She was earthbound for over 50 years before she got to go back to the light. And Judy Garland, same thing. Judy Garland. Really? They, yeah. Did you find this out by someone channeling these spirits? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carl and I, uh, before Get Wisdom started, when Carl and I first met, he said, hey, I got an idea for your, your YouTube channel. I'll, I'll channel people who have successfully returned to the light, and we'll discuss uh, the ET cover-up on planet Earth. And so that's what we did. And we started, the first one we did was uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Oh, that's cool. And, and then since then, we've done like 140 different subjects. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, very cool stuff. Denny, I want to thank you for again for coming on tonight. Uh, now, for people that want to find out more about the Lightworker Protocols, uh, some of the other healing modalities, and uh, some other things that you offer, they can go to getwisdom.com, right? Right. Yep, everything's there. Um, and if you, you can also use the contact page if you're interested in the Deep subconscious channeling, holographic memory resolution sessions, you can just use the contact page there and I will get that email and I'll follow up. We can do a consultation and tell you more about it. There's a video that we did about it explaining it with a, a guy who was a recipient of this, of this modality and he and I discuss it in detail. And we also have another video where Carl and I discuss the Lightworker Healing Protocol. So it's a good way to get some background information in a video setting without having to read something if you're not a reader. Very cool. I will have the links yeah. for that in the description as well. And Denny, okay. thank you once again for coming on again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll yeah, have to great. have you back on. Thank you, Chris. Yes. I appreciate uh, it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Do you want to learn how to remote view? Now is your chance. The International Remote Viewing Association is offering eight weeks of remote viewing classes instructed by my friend Michelle Freed. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity starting Saturday, September 3rd, 10 a.m. Pacific. The course is only $150, and for members of the IRVA, it's only $110. Just visit irva.org slash events slash registration to sign up now. Hello friends, have you heard of PEMF or Pulsed Electromagnetic Field Technology? I want to tell you a little bit about the Centropics Cloud. The Centropics Cloud is an at-home bioresonance frequency device. With the cloud you can protect yourself and optimize your wellness anywhere you go. It supports molecular activation, energy, endurance, performance, rapid recovery, mental acuity, stress reduction, sleep management, deep relaxation, and much more. The cloud has the most effective frequency range of any at-home bioresonance frequency device. 
With the cloud, you'll experience up to 20,000 amplitudes per second through eight large coils and reach a wider molecular range in the body. Regenerate your batteries and keep your inner vital forces at full speed with the Centropics Cloud. Just visit GetTheFrequency.com or click the link in the description to take control of your health today.